Hey everyone, today we have the amazing coach, Kevin Polakovich here. He is going to be talking to you about navigating the current environment to thrive, not just survive. Um, so today we are offering a new way to ask questions um, and to get a live answer. So um, it's a live interaction option. You will just use the raise your hand button um, and I will invite you to be a presenter um, along with Kevin to ask a live question. And then from there, um, I will unmute your camera, unmute your mic, and you're able to ask him face to face. Um, we also do have um, the normal Q&A box at the bottom. So um, if you would like to ask a question that way, you're welcome. All right, Kevin, take it away. Thank you, Ashley. Appreciate it. Uh, really appreciate everyone uh, being here for this today. Uh, we're, we're in a fortunate business that we're super busy. I, I know personally, I almost set a record for production from my team. Um, our branch set a record, and it's not something I'm going to go advertise, that's for sure. We look at how many people are struggling out there. It's just, I think it's really good to be a uh, in a, a spot of gratitude and, and that fact that we're in a good business and and we're in a good spot and we look at, hey, production looks really good in April, keep the pedal down, things look good in May, and I think that's really a, a great spot to be in. So I want to talk about a couple things um, today, um, not just surviving but thriving, and I think probably a, a great way to start is the daily team meeting. Um, we all have structure in our life, and we've got some good structure. And we've had some good structure, and the core has helped me build some great structure around my business. And the rug just gets pulled out, and all of a sudden, everything changed. And the thing that's probably most amazing to me right now in this COVID is the, the, the velocity of change and how quick things change. And I'm working really hard to get my team back to a normal routine to where – we have a normal business and there's some structure and there's some order. And I want to talk through a couple of tactics that I'm doing right now. Uh, this is an active presentation. I want questions. I want to see your mugs on here with me. Um, I'd love to have that happen. So we're, we're going to get in a little bit. We'll talk about some things, but I want some interactive piece. I want you to ask a question. I want to go back and forth. And I'm going to learn as much from you guys. If you give, that's hopefully you're able to take a couple of nuggets from me. So we'll start with, uh, We'll start with the first day of Zoom meeting. So we were slow to move in a work-at-home environment, and we were slow because of the volume of our business. Without getting big and all of it, but the volume of business, we were super busy. We got to a spot that our workforce wanted to work from home, and um, we had the technology to do that for the most part, and, and it happened. So uh, I think sharing a little story about my, my first uh, Zoom meeting with my team would be great. We make the decision on, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday, hey, we work from home, um, bring home your, your laptop, we got a second screen, we order some equipment, uh, expect you all to be super productive at home, we're busy, we're, we're, we got a lot going on, so make sure, you're, make sure you're firing all cylinders, and just because you're working from home, this isn't a vacation, make sure you're ready to go. So I get Zoom, I learn how to use Zoom, we have our first virtual Zoom, everyone's on, and to be candid, I was pissed off uh, going to that first Zoom meeting. And, and the reason why, it's a Tuesday or Wednesday, it's 9 o'clock. I love structure and order and process and everything, and I get in that first meeting, and everyone looked like they just rolled out of bed. 
everyone looked like they were coming into the office on a Saturday, or I called them in on Christmas morning, or it was Thanksgiving. They just did me the, the, the courtesy of just stopping by for a little bit. And so instead of overreacting, instead of uh, getting worked up about that, finished my call, um, counted backwards uh, for a bit, and then sent an email to our entire branch. Email to our entire branch is the points I want to share with you. What those points are is how to effectively work at home. And this was shared to me by my really good friend, Greg Gale, Coach Decor. He sent me a version of this email. I copied it. I want you guys to copy anything that I'm talking about today or anything I'm sharing. I want you to copy and share with your workforce where you see appropriate. Make your own, make some changes. But I want to talk about what it looks like to effectively work at home. And I'm going to share a screen here. You can make notes on this if you'd like as we go. Um, also, if you want to, you can email. I'm sure Concierge will, will send, you, uh, send you a copy of this. So we're going to pull the screen up and see if we can use video technology here. Make it happen. Okay, cool. So the concept of working from home that I want to get to is everything else is the same except from where you're working. And if you think about that from a concept, I want to um, get up, large just a little bit. I want to get up, I want to, if you think about it from a concept of what time do you get up at home when you're at home, you're coming in the office. Do you get up and do you work out beforehand? A lot of you guys, a lot of you girls get up and get your workout done in the morning. Okay, well, for me personally, I work my tail off and dropping a bunch of weight. And I found myself putting weight back on. I found myself not going to the gym, and I found myself coming in a little bit later. My excuse to come in later used to be, well, I work out in the morning. Well, what's my excuse for coming in later now that I'm not working out in the morning? So really maintaining regular hours and regular structure and whatever else. So start with, let's talk about maintaining regular hours for our workforce. My office, 8 to 5, 9 to 5, 9 to 6, whatever that is, but there's regular working hours. So after this first Zoom call, I sent an email out with these key points to everyone in the entire organization. These are the expectations to working from home, those of you that are just coming on the call right now. So maintain regular work hours. I want my workforce to work regular hours. That's not just start time. It's also end time. I don't love my team sending, sending things out at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. That's going to lead to burnout. So at the same token, if I email someone at 10 o'clock in the morning because I used to be able to yell out of the office door to talk to them and have a conversation, I want to make sure that, that, that they're there and they're active. So maintain regular work, work hours. Create a morning routine. Same routine as if you were going to the office. Guys, this is no different than, than getting everything ready, getting dressed, putting your makeup, getting your hair done, getting ready to walk out the door, grab the car keys, you drive the office, but you don't drive the office. You've got a regular routine. Wake up at the same time. Get your body moving. Get young kids at home. Get the kids ready. Get the kids fed. Get them breakfast. Get them going. I talked to one of my real estate agents that I was coaching today, and we had a great conversation. She said her and her husband are both working at home. They both physically walk out of the door in the morning. They walk out of the door. They stretch. Get a little fresh air. If it's raining, they'll grab the umbrella. They go outside. When they walk back in, they open the door, and it's like going to work. It just changes that, that switch in your head that it's time to go to work. I think that's good. Get dressed as if you're going to work. When you wear your PJs or comfy clothes, the sounds nice. Studies show your productivity dramatically decreases. Look good, feel good, do good. I think that's huge. I, I was listening to CNBC or something the other day, trying to listen to less news than more, but listening to something. 
sales of tops, so women's tops or men's shirts, are doing great. Bottoms, not so much. So uh, I think that's a piece of, of look good, feel good, do good. Um, for me, take a shower in the morning, get up, get going. I'm still at the office. Um, I think 80% of our people who are working from home, 20% are working at the office. I'm at the office every day. But that's what it is. Set ground rules for people in your space. The, the kids, the roommates, the spouses, guys, I'm at work. And the final line with how you, how you handle this with your employees, but I want you really to think about this. You've got to get to a spot that you can convey to them in a caring and loving way. You're lucky you have a job. So many people don't have a job right now. So many people are waiting for a government to send them a check. So many people are waiting for someone else to help them out. You're in a spot that you can help yourself out, but you have to have ground rules set for how you work at home, what that looks like. Clear communication with your dog, with your kids, with your spouse. This is work, guys. I'm sitting here, but I'm really not here. So I think that's really good setting those ground rules. Along those lines, set normal breaks. At the office, you get up and you go have a cup of coffee. You go for a rock, walk around the block. You walk out of the office to go get lunch. You go downstairs in our break room and you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in, in the company break room. Whatever it is, get time that you get up and you walk away, but have a set schedule. I think that's really big. If you don't have the supplies to do your job at home, ask. I'm not a mind reader. I can't tell what 60 people need at their house to run their job. You gotta ask, you gotta communicate. Dedicated workspace, we talked about this. When I sit here, I'm working. It's not on the couch, it's at the table. If this kitchen table is too much, it's in the basement. If the basement's too much, go to a dirty corner in the laundry room and, and use a virtual screen for your Zoom. Something that's a spot that you work and that's when you're there, you're there. Zoom, I've been really happy with Zoom. Um, I think Zoom's a great tool. I like Zoom. Blue Jeans is, is okay. We're on a Blue Jeans call. This is going, going well. But Zoom, I've gotten really comfortable with. Zoom has some fun virtual backgrounds. You can put a, a skyline behind. You can put your company banner behind. Um, and have an end of day routine. You didn't know when, the, when it's done. You know, we've got this sign that's been floating from the core for years. And it's, I've done my best and my best is good enough when, when you flip the, when you flip the screen off at the end of the day. I think having a routine that you're done. I'm done. Hey kids, it's okay. Hey dog, it's okay. Um, Having that spot that you are, having that spot where you're done and you're out and you left and you flipped the lights off and you went home. Maybe for my friend that I told you about earlier that walks out of her door in the morning and then comes back into work, probably do the same thing. Hey, I'm not working today. Walk out of the door, go in the front yard, take a walk around the block, come back. Hey, kids, dad's done working. Hey, kids, mom's done working. Um, the dog, everything else. I think that's really important. And the other thing is this. Don't be too hard on yourself. You're going to find a lot more distractions at home um, than normal. Uh, we all get distracted. Um, he is, is to bring some of the office structure home and, and do the best he can. So that's kind of an opening I wanted to walk through a little bit on that. Um, had some success with that, had some struggles with that. Um, I think Zoom for your virtual team meeting is Good. So the virtual team meeting, whether it's Zoom or Blue Jeans or whatever it is, my team meeting, I'm pretty regimented on. It's a 15-minute meeting, 9 out of 10 days. And my schedule works. My daily team meeting happens every day. On Wednesday, it happens without me in a normal prior to COVID-19 uh, week. It's Monday, Tuesday. 
On Wednesday, I spend the entire day face-to-face with my referral partner, breaking bread face-to-face. I have several coffees back-to-back. I have lunch back-to-back, um, a soup at one, a lunch, a salad at the other one, maybe another salad at the other one, and then I do happy hours. So I'm out Wednesday with clients all day long. It allows my team to run that Wednesday meeting without me. Then Thursday and Friday, I'm here. Really regimen on that typical team meeting, 15 minutes. It's 10 minutes of social interaction, and it's five minutes, maybe 10, of working on specific files, specific problems, and we all get together and group together. That meeting is now stretched out to at least 30 minutes every single day. And, and I've been deliberate about going for a longer period of time. And while I've gone deliberate and going for a longer period of time, I have everyone in the room at the same time. A normal day is 15 minutes with me sitting here in the office, and Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm in the office for seven out of nine hours, typically, six out of eight hours, and I'm having daily interactions. They come into my office, they sit down, we go back and forth on, how about this file, how about this, what do you think about this, what do you think about that? I'm not getting as much of that one-on-one time with them in the office because I hollered out to them, like, hey, come on and bring that file, and we got that back and forth. So I want to spend more time with them on a daily basis, and I'm very comfortable stretching that meeting out. Remember, write this down. Time equals relationship. And it's big with the people on your team that choose to come work with you. They're choosing to come work with you, um, and they're doing it remotely now. Make sure you're spending time. If you're managing a branch, you want to make sure you're spending time with all of your people on a bigger basis. Um, we've done some fun things with Zoom happy hours with a group of my real estate agents. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That's been fun, but the Zoom meeting is a really big piece to connect with everyone. Um, along those lines, talking about Zoom and Zoom meetings, I had an agent that I've been on and off with for um, for a long time. I actually brought that agent into a Tuesday meeting. And I learned this from Lizzie Hoffer when I went to her office and saw the way that she had some referral partners come into her big team meeting. And they were able to see exactly how she worked and how she did business and everything else. I thought, wow, it's a brilliant idea. So I brought that back to my market, and I had one of my agents that I've done some business with. It's probably about 100 miles away. So we do maybe three, four deals uh, a year, maybe a half a dozen deals a year. And she came to my Tuesday meeting, and she was blown away. She sat in here just like you would do at a site visit if you're visiting one of the coaches and sat in here and watched me run my daily uh, my daily meeting, but then also my Tuesday pipeline meeting, ran from top to bottom. My relationship with that real estate agent has gone through the roof. We are doing a ton of business together now, and it's because she came and saw how our team operated. So I am going to invite an agent to my team meeting on Tuesday, every single Tuesday going forward during this COVID. I want to do a virtual meeting. I want them to sit in the virtual meeting and see how we run through our pipeline, how we run through things, how we interact with each other, who's working on files. Uh, ownership of who's in charge of files. I think it's really big. So to use this technology to let people get into your business, I think it's really great. So with that, Ashley, why don't we open up some questions? I want to kind of finish that up. And that's that first section talking about working from home, working effectively uh, at home. Um, happy to take any questions, maybe something, hey, how do I do this? Or have you had success doing this? Or maybe you want to share a story. Hey, Kevin, I did this, and this is working really well for me. I think we could all benefit from this. we got a lot of people on this call and, and think that would be awesome if we have any questions. Actually. Do not have any so far. Okay. Guys, leave me hanging. Got 100, 100 plus people out there and no, no questions. So if you guys have something, if you're not if you're not comfortable, maybe you're wearing, you know what? Actually, they're probably all wearing fuzzy pajamas at home and they don't have they don't have their hair done. So they're probably afraid to go on video and they're they're not dressed for success. 
That's right. That's exactly what's happening. Okay, good. Well, if you want to text the question, go ahead and text the question. So that's a little bit on for, for effective meetings at home. I think that's great. Um, second here. Okay, cool. Um, so think about our business right now compared to um, the typical real estate agents that we have right now. Um, oh, here we've got a couple questions here. Uh, Eric, how do you hold your team accountable from working from home? Um, great question. Really great question. Um, it's something I'm struggling with just a little bit. I want to I want to have patience and understanding that it's a different environment. Um, I've given them the technology that they need to have. My daily team meeting is probably one spot that I hold everyone accountable. So for me personally, if I grab a lead and I talk to someone, I get it working, and I hand it to my LP1 and say, hey, I need you to work this up, get it ready, come back to me, and, and be ready to go. They better be ready that next daily team meeting be ready to come back and give me that information. So my thing is that stuff gets lost on my desk. That's the joke you're making the team. Stuff gets lost on KP's desk. If it comes to my desk, you better take it back. If we're working virtually and we're going back and forth on something, I'm giving it back to them. It is on them to come back to me. If I can't trust that they're getting their stuff done, you can't be in my team. It's that simple. You own it. That's your file. Give it to me. If you have a question, ask me. Let me know. But everyone owns it. So if I look at if I look at 200 leads, I am not responsible for any one of those leads. Each LP1 is responsible for that lead, and they need to work for me, but they own it, not me. I think that's a big thing. I hope that helps. I think that's one piece. I think daily team meetings is, is really good. I think that building your team up with public displays of gratitude, telling them, like, wow, that was really great. Hey, I love the way you structured that deal. Hey, I think that's great. That's one thing. Another thing we're starting to do with my LPs, if we get to a spot where we're getting ready to close someone, I'm going to say, you know what, why don't you come on the Zoom meeting with me face-to-face, um, face-to-face uh, with someone. So I'm going to do a Zoom meeting face-to-face, -face, and I'm going to bring them on. They're going to be able to see how I sell. They're going to be able to see how I close. So they're learning as we go. I think that's another way to, to talk about it. When I get done with that call, I want to take a couple minutes to say, did you see what I did there? Did you see how I brought them along? Did you see how I asked the question? Because if you look at these moments, these are great coaching moments and teaching moments. And other times I'll have them on the call and I won't tell the client that my LP is on the call with me. I'll say, hey, I'm going to call you first, listen to the call, give me the details. How do you, uh, where are we at? What's the rate? What's the term? What's the condition? What's the closing date? What's this? What's that? And then I'll grab it and I'll say, okay, you just sit on there, hit mute, and then I'll call and they'll listen to you when I get done. What's really key with that, guys, is that when you get done, you say go back to your LP and say, hey, what did you see that happened there in that call? It's really, really big because we can jump in and fix it. And if we fix the problem, guess what we're going to do our whole career? Just fixing problems. If we teach a man to fish and we show him how to fix the problem himself, they can become better employees, feel more involved in the system. I think that's huge. So those are a couple of tactics. I, I, I hope that helps out. Um, Greg had a great question. Nice jeans, KP. I am. I'm all business from here up, but, but I've worn jeans, I think, three times in the last, in the last five years, and I'm in jeans and tennis shoes with a nice shirt every day. So that's my COVID routine. But I look good up here. I got a little extra hair gel because my hair is getting a little long. I'm staying connected with the branch. Um, the people that are here, we got 20% of the people that are here in the office. Um, I'll bet you we bought lunch for everyone that's here 
probably three out of five days, if not four out of five days. We bring in lunch for everyone here, and I want to feed them while they're here. That shows that I care for them. It shows that I appreciate that they're here. It doesn't say I don't appreciate that you're not here, but it says the people that have chose to come here that I really appreciate that, 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 that they're here. I've added a weekly sales meeting with all my salespeople. We are not a weekly sales meeting company. We are a monthly sales meeting. That's what I found been really effective for my salespeople. Our average is about 10 closings per LO at, at, my, at my branch. A lot of them going to be for 10, 12, 15 years. They don't want to be micromanaged, but what they want, they want to know what's going on. And having that meeting is a really big way to do that, to bring them in. Hey, guys, here's changes with this. Here's what this looks like. Here's what I see with interest rates. Here's what's happening going forward. Guys, we just went from our underwriting crew and working all the overtime they can do and all they'll take to no overtime. I'm not doing any overtime right now because we don't need to. Like, we're going to keep everyone employed. So keeping that communications going, I think that's great. I think, remember, time equals relationships. So I think that's a big thing with your sales force, too. Um, Steve asked if he could be part of one of those meetings. Um, do we need to announce it to the whole webinar? So I would be happy to record um, a meeting uh, and, and how I run my 15-minute daily team meeting. I'd be happy to share a typical meeting, what we cover, what we do. It'll actually be kind of like visiting a uh, – doing a site visit. You're going to see how I run my daily team meeting. I'll be happy to get one recorded. So Ashley, follow up with me after the fact. I'll record uh, a typical meeting in the next few days. It's going to be raw. It's going to be me talking to everyone the way I do. You see all their faces, everything else, and, and talk about how we run things through. So I would be happy to do that. Cool. Let's see. Questions. Let's go. Um, yeah, video calls, 9 a.m. team meeting. Uh, I do not wrap the day up with the team meeting. Daily team meeting. Question was, do you do video calls for the team meeting in a.m.? Yes. You ask them to check out with you and go over things at the end of the day. I do not. I manage, and I've always managed by, please write this down, it's the assumption of excellence. I've heard it in the core. I picked it up in the core. I didn't even know that's how I managed, but that's my management style. It's the assumption of excellence. I assume you can do a great job. If you don't do a great job, you can't be employed with me. When someone does a bad job, I'm going to call them out. I'll give you a great example just today, guys. We have file openers. We have a guy. We have a super rigid interview process. And if you make it through the interview process, I interview so 62 people, I think, in our branch. I interview every single candidate on the first interview with our marketing director. We've just found that him and I have the best personality. If they've made it through the phone interview, if they've made it through us creeping around on social media, if we connect with people and they make it to this, I want to be here because I'm the gatekeeper who comes in. After that, they go to an interview. It's a culture interview with three other people in our company. Very different personalities, very different job descriptions. I need buy-in from everyone before we hire someone. We brought a guy on. We like him a lot. He's doing really well. He is not doing well at home. He's doing awful at home. So the Zoom meeting was with the ops manager today, his immediate supervisor, and me. And the meeting was this. Some of excellence. Hey, you got to do your job. You got to do it really well at home. If you can't do it, I can't have you. We're working really hard to keep you employed here. It's a different time. If you don't have enough work, let me know. If you don't, this, let me know. You have to do a good job. If you don't, you can't be here. We're working hard to keep your job. So assumption of access is a big thing, but when they don't hit it, I want to sit down and have a conversation with them, even a virtual conversation, and set those expectations. Um, how do you bring the idea of a Zoom meeting 
when asking for an appointment or go to Panera, everything else, kind of how you would handle that's from Mark. So Zoom meeting would be this. I had a, a, a top uh, agent in town, the guy I've chased for a really long time, and I've been his bailout guy. So when he has a listing and the deal's going sideways, he'll say, hey, if you call KP and he does the deal, then I'll go forward. But him and I have never really connected on his buyers. Out of the blue, weeks ago, I got a, um, a voicemail from him and an email. Hey, KP, can you send me some business cards? Let me tell you what a weak salesperson would have done. A weak salesperson would have dropped some, some business cards in the mail, would have sent them out, would have said, cool, I got them out right away. Here's what the strong salesperson does. Hey, won't say his name, but hey, let's, um, I want to connect with you. I usually do this face-to-face, but um, you up for a Zoom meeting or a phone call? He said, Zoom meeting would be great. We did a Zoom meeting. And the Zoom meeting was very much like if we were sitting at Panera. It was, wow, you run an awesome business. That was just really flattering that you called me. Can I ask why? You called me? Yeah, you know, I'm having a hard time getting stuff done. What do, you th- what do you think the answer is? You know what's happening? His other guy is so inundated with refinance business, he is not talking to his agents. He is not staying in touch. He's not getting the deals done that he already has, and he sure as hell isn't calling and asking for more business. So this is the opportunity. We sit down and have a Zoom in. What are your expectations? Well, what do you think I could see from this? Well, who else do you refer to? So we had the same meeting we would have at a Panera meeting, but we did it over Zoom. And I sent the cars to him. I sent him to his house. I asked if I can come to a virtual meeting with his team. We're doing really well. We've got business coming from him. So look at these opportunities. Can you see his little things and get a Zoom meeting and get face-to-face? That's a great question. Um, let's go. I think you have a setup on mute and no video. Do you see, do you see video, um, Ashley? So we think that Blue Jeans is having some technical difficulties because it's not letting us connect people in. So okay. if everyone has questions for this moment, just keep putting them in the Q&A box like you're doing, and we're going to try to see what we can do. But for now, don't, don't see me on video right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. At some point, you saw it because Greg called me out and we're in jeans. So, um, yes. Oh, we can see you. We just, um, for them to call in to ask the questions oh, okay. live, we're having issues okay. getting them in. Okay, gotcha. So keep taking questions. We'll come back on those as they come through. Um, okay. Um, Sorry, they're coming in here. Let's take a look at what we want to jump on next. Um, okay, I'm going to kind of move into my next section here. Then we're going to come back and once questions, try to try to answer as many as we can. Uh, thank you. A uh, couple of nice compliments. Appreciate that. I see you. Okay, good. Awesome. Um, so this question. I know that a lot of our past clients are looking to refinance, of course. I'm stressed out that I'm losing a ton of them. What are you doing to capture them? What are you doing to capture past clients and refinance them? First question. Second question. What are you saying to close your refinance clients? I feel most clients are waiting for rates to go lower. Okay, good. Good question. My past clients, um, I'm really selective on who I'm bringing in to work with. Um, I have very little interest in working with a lot of investor clients. First of all, because the rates aren't really that great for investors with that, that yield curve going flat. You just don't see the big return on investors. I focus big on primary residences. I focus big on second homes, vacation homes, and I'm being really selective on, on who I bring in. So 
I am playing defense with my refinance business. When I say I'm playing defense, I am not on social media saying, oh my gosh, break your solo, get a hold of me. Uh, I am reaching out to my past clients and exclusively reaching out to them. When I do reach out to them, I'm taking a list and I'm actively reaching out to them by loan size, credit score, LTV, and those are the ones I'm reaching out to. So those are the people I'm proactively reaching out to. The rest of them I'm playing defense on. Okay, so that's that's the big thing. Um, the clients that I can't get to is really just an honest uh, honesty piece. Hey, um, what is what do things look like for us to talk on on Wednesday at two or to set a set time? If it's set in my calendar, I'm gonna set and talk to them. I walk through a script. Um, I walk through a script on what that looks like. So um, let's say a client. Hey, um, ask us to do a little back and forth. Okay. Cool. Hey, Ashley, wow, thanks thanks a lot for the phone call. I, I, I really appreciate it. And you actually sent me an email. I wanted to, to give you a call back. Thanks a lot. Uh, looking at refinancing your house. Yeah, I am. Cool. I saw, looking at the note that you got the house, uh, you got the house a year ago. Uh, that's super exciting. And, you know, at the time, rates were up in the fours. And, wow, we've got just some awesome, awesome rates right now. we got a great program. Um, here's what I want to do, Ashley. Today is Wednesday, so on Friday, I'd like to reach out to you. If you set up a phone call Friday at 2 o'clock for us to do to do a Zoom call. Yeah, that's perfect. You can push back a little bit. Ooh, I don't know how to use Zoom. Hey, Ashley, it's super oh. easy. I'll send you a link to get on. And then, then, Ashley, with your permission, I'm going to pull credit look at everything, get it all ready so we can talk real specifics when we get back on Friday. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I'm a little nervous, but um, it sounds good uh, to at least be, talk don't about. Be, actually, no, don't be. You're in good hands. We took great care of you last time and great care of you this time as well. Are you still working at the core? I am. Good. Is income still the same as what it was when you bought the house a year ago? Yeah, right at the same. Cool. Any big improvements in the house or anything else we need to know about? Yeah, we put a pool in. Oh, a pool. That's a giant money pit. Anyway, I know you put a pool. pool. <laughs> Tell me about the pool. So I'm going to spend a few minutes getting report. What Ashley did is she gave me permission to pull her credit. She gave me an update on, on her on her uh, income. I know her income. I know she's still employed. Hey, Ashley, I, it's really tough out there. Um, I, I want to just connect. Are you, are you still working at the core? They've been able to keep you on? Yeah, everything looks good for now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Okay, why did I ask that question? I don't want to work on working. So I have enough. Guys, I have a lead sheet. I'm handing that lead sheet to my LP1. My LP1 is going to pull credit, going to put the address in, is going to run it to see if I get an appraisal waiver, do the whole thing. Here's 2 o'clock. I'm calling back. I'm on a Zoom meeting. I'm sitting here looking at Ashley. Hey, Ashley, it's KP. 2 o'clock meeting. We're on Zoom. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Can you see me okay? Yep, I, I can see you. Awesome, I can see you too. Is this technology something else? Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite, but. Well, hey, hey, it's. Uh, I think it's great. You know, I've done this face-to-face. As a matter of fact, I look back, I remember when you came into our office and just at different times. But, hey, I want to share something with you. I took a look at your refinance, and I am so excited. I've got an awesome program put together for you, and I want to I want to shoot this uh, up. I'm going to pull this up right now. I just had sent email to you real quick. It's the same spreadsheet we're going to review on, on the screen here real quick. Cool? I'm going to pull the spreadsheet up. 
Actually, here would be the new principal interest payment. Be here's this. Hey, we ran. You don't have to get an appraisal. Wow, isn't that cool? Awesome. How saving two hundred dollars a month? Ashley, what do you think about saving two hundred dollars a month? Wow, isn't that cool? Awesome. Hey, Ashley, here's what I'm going to do. Um, when I hang up the phone, I'm going to have Heidi from my team. I'm going to send you an email, and that's an e-consent. I need you to fill everything out right away and get it back to me because if I don't have the full application package back, I can't. I can't lock your loan. Can I get a commitment from you that we can do this? It's going to take us about an hour to get the work done. I've already put a couple hours in. Get back to me today? I think so. Awesome. So a couple things. Is she employed? Yes. I ran and found I got a waiver. I got permission to pull her credit. When I called her back, I'm talking real details right now. I'm talking real specific details with her. She said yes to pull credit. She said yes, her job's still there. I ran it. I know specific terms and conditions of the loan. I spent five minutes in the first conversation with Ashley. I spent five minutes prepping with Ashley, and I spent five minutes on a phone call with her, and I got a yes. So now someone else on my team will e-consent, e-sign, get it out. I also set the expectations. I can't lock this loan until you get me all the paperwork back. If you're in a dialogue, I'd ask a question, say, why is that? And someone would raise their hand and say, because I want them to move fast and get me stuff back. When we all go from a world of refinance business, from purchase business to refinance business, it is like pulling teeth to get documents. So I want her to commit to me that she's going to do that and get that back to me while I'm on the phone. A lot of times I use the script heading into the meeting, so it's Wednesday going to meet on, on Friday. Hey, actually, it's going to take me a couple hours to do the work to prep for this, but I'm really happy to do that because you're one of my favorite past clients, so I want to make sure I take great care of you. I want to get by that I put two hours of work in. Someone else on my team put a bunch of work in. It didn't take two hours, but it took me time, and I need buying from her that she's going to get it back. Okay, I hope that helps. Um, as far as rates going lower, the other piece I'm doing is, hey, guys, here's, here's a scoop right now. There is so much business in here right now, and there's a ton of refinance business, more than the industry can handle. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to prep a package, and I'm going to send an app package. I'm going to give you a target interest rate. With this target interest rate, this is a rate that I believe that we're going to hit. And the way, the reason why I believe this is going to hit is because rates move in waves. We had a bunch of business coming and rates are artificially high. That business is working through the systems, we're going to see low rates again. In order for me to grab that low rate, I'm willing to put a bunch of work in, but you have to eat consent, you have to get it back, you have to sign anything. You are not locked right now, but as soon as we get that rate, we're going to jump out and lock. How does that sound? to put them through the work to do the work to get them to do that. Okay? Cool. Got a couple questions. Let's move on to the next section. Let's talk about our message to real estate. Guys, if you got questions, keep throwing them in. I'll get to as many as I can. Um, let's talk about messaging with our, our real estate agents. This is a lender call. I think it was uh, Robin Lavasseter had set a line that most of our borrowers and all of our realtors would trade our lives and our problems for their problems in a minute. We are in a really great spot. We've got a bunch of business. We've got a refinance business that's going to take us through. We're in a shelter in place state. We've got 50 deals lined up for this next month. I mean, couldn't be more um, blessed and fortunate and lucky and all that good stuff that, that I have to set up. I've worked hard to get this spot with my past clients, but business looks really good for April. Business looks really good for May. At some point, we start showing houses again. It is not the case with our real estate. So what's our message with our agents? It's positive. New holes. 95% of people don't care about your problems. 5% of people are happy to have them. 
got to be positive. I want to be that beacon of positivity. Sending out an email once a week. Hey, here's what's happening in the market. Here's what this looks like. The last one said, guys, there's a lot of changes going on right now. Here's the biggest thing I'd say to you. If you have a pre-approval letter, you're going to want to reach out to your lender. Hopefully it's me. If it's not me, whoever is, make sure the pre-approval letter is still valid. Make sure your clients are still working. Make sure that the program that they were approved for is still there. There's some big changes, and I don't want you driving around or virtually showing homes or doing anything that's not there. But a positive message after that, this is going to pass. I've been in the business for 20 years. This too shall pass. But that positive, positive energy. No one is calling these real estate agents right now. There has never been a better time to pick up agents right now. That agent that called me and said, hey, Kevin, can you send me some business cards? What he was really saying is, Kevin, I want to be in a relationship with you. My meaning with him is, I have room for you at my team. Here's what my agents get. Here's my expectations. Here's what I want to do. I'm not looking for one freaking deal right now. There are so many deals out there. A weak salesperson is going to take one deal from a real estate agent that hasn't returned their phone call in 10 years. A strong salesperson says, I tell you what, I'm happy to take a look at that, but I need to have a meeting with you. It together. That's the thing you want to do, and that's what you want to do with those real relationships. we got to stay positive. I was on a really good call yesterday with about 15 of the top um, real estate agents around the country. One of them was the uh, CEO of Remax, the entire country. I think that was his title. He had a real couple really good points here, and I, and I took that and I put a little spin on it to make it my own. Put a lot of information out there, and this is what I'm sharing with my real estate agents on a positive piece is just this. Housing is likely going to be the leader as far as industries as we come out of this. And there's a couple key reasons why. People are stuck in their homes uh, right now. And when you're sitting in that home and you're spending a lot of time in the home, is this really the home you want to be in? And if you think about it, think about our fast-paced lives. You go to work and you're working 10 hours. And you're running kids around. You pick stuff up and you go out to dinner and you do this and do that. And you're home for an hour and you watch the TV and you go to bed and you're out. So literally 90% of your time is sleeping at home and the other, the other small percentage of time is, is just moving around the house. That's all changing. So people are really looking. They're in their house. They're stuck in their home. And they really like their home. And this is the home they want to be in. Second piece, people are realizing the reality from work at home really does work. So the question is, does your home work for you? Does your home have private space? Does your home have a virtual office? Employers are likely going to be more willing to let their employees work from home. They're going to let their employers, employees work from home. Um, turn it off. So you got to make sure that you're allowed to work from home. Do you have the space to work from home? Do you need another office? Do you need a basement spot? Do you need some more space? Do you need a private spot? Third thing, find the right way to put this. Relationships are going to be strained. You have two high-functioning adults that each have a career and are doing their own thing and they're home for a few hours a day and suddenly everyone's at home and maybe they're not all working, it's not always going to end really well. So when you talk about that, it might be a piece of two things happening here. One is, hey, we got to separate this asset. We need to sell a house. We need to buy separate residences. We need something else. That's one. Second thing is, a more positive piece, maybe there's another baby boom. Maybe it's the next World War II baby boom. People are spending a lot of time at home, and maybe that leads to more bedrooms and more space. That's another option. And the fourth reason why housing is going to lead us out of this when it happens, interest rates are low, and they're going to continue to be low for the remainder of this year. Uh, without getting the politics, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a uh, election year. Uh, the economy is fragile. The last thing we're going to see is interest, interest rates moving up with any, any high value of interest rates. So those are those things there. Stay positive. Homework for real estate agents.
What are you doing? Hey, if you called all your past clients, well, no, what would I say? Here's a question. How are you doing? How are things? Hey, I was, I was driving down Main Street the other day, and I drove by your house, and I was just thinking about you. I want to see how you're doing, how you're holding up. You're still working. Is that going well? Great. Awesome. Ask questions. Just build some rapport. Um, I think that's really big. Touch base with your database. Stay in touch with them. This is not a sales call. It's just a how are you doing? I was thinking about you call. I think it's really good for a real estate agent to reach out to their entire database. Um, what's their marketing calendar look like for the year? Uh, is their marketing calendar up to date? Do they know what they're going to do when we come out of this? Do they have a, a, an active plan? Do they have everyone on an Excel spreadsheet? Do they have it in a drip campaign? What do they have it on? They're really working on your database right now. It's hard to find an excuse to have time, enough time to work in your database. So those are the things, remember, with real estate agents as well, time equals relationships. The more time you spend with them, the more time you engage, whether it's a Zoom meeting. Uh, my business partner, Brenner Driscoll, did a, a happy hour with his real estate agents the other day, and it was great. They all had their favorite bottle of whatever they drink, and just did a back and forth on, on what's going on and kind of a fun happy hour. A bunch of us coaches, core coaches, have gotten together every Friday the last couple of weeks, and it's been a riot sitting there talking about what we're going through and what we're doing. So I think that's great to real estate agents. I think it's great to reach out to some of your friends in the core, have a virtual happy hour, stay engaged, commiserate with, the, with each other a little bit on some things. But remember, we're so much better than the soilers in, in this market. I think that's, that's really good. Okay, so run through a couple questions here and see what you want to do. Start at the top. Um, so great, Kathy had a, a great, um, had a divorce attorney on a lunch and learned through Zoom for realtors. She said her volume has already increased. Uh, funny, so, so there you go. Um, sticking with that, I'm going to tell you that the Zoom piece, I can see myself doing more and more Zoom meetings. My first goal is to always get people in the office. Um, I meet with 70 to 80% of my clients face-to-face, -face, and I meet them at the point of sale. My team gets it ready. They collect the data. It's Kevin's this, Kevin's that. Kevin can't wait to meet you. How does Thursday at 4 or Kevin works late Tuesday night, and I get in and I close them. If they weren't able to come in, my LP handled a lot of that, and I would just do a phone call, checking, whatever else. The Zoom is allowing me to get to the point of sale again and again when they can't come in the office. And I'm going to tell you, Zoom is going to continue to be a constant piece of my business, not as a replacement for face-to-face, -face, but if they can't do face-to-face, -face, the next best is Zoom. And that little tactic of, guys, when we get done, we're going to go through this one page. And I'm going to explain your cash to close. What's most important, people? What's my cash to close? What's my monthly payment? Those are the two most important things. So what do you think this one page that I sell them on it covers? Cash to close and what their monthly payment is. So as I walk through this whole thing in 10 minutes face-to-face, -face, virtual belly-to-belly -belly with them, I say, hey, when we get done, we're going to send an e-signature packet. It's about 100 pages. It's confusing as all get out. Feel free to read through it, but really this one page is the biggest meat and potatoes of the whole thing that we're going through. So Zoom's going to continue to be a really, really big piece, uh, big piece of my, of my business. So guys, I would look at using that, learn to use it. You guys are all big producers in this industry. This is another medium of communication. Whether it's video and sending out videos to your agent or even better doing face-to-face -face meetings, it is unbelievable. The more and more you use it, the better and better that you get. Some bank guy riding a desk at some bank branch, first of all, his company wouldn't even let him have a computer to do a video conference call, God forbid, and then to share documents out there. Document doesn't have social security number, any personal stuff on there. All it is is their name and an address and some numbers. They would have nothing to do with it. 
The more that we can capture this, we're going to crush it in this market using a tool like this. Think the guy quick and loans wearing a headset with 100 people sitting around in his own jockey headset spot? You think he's going to be able to close in a spot like this? No, you in your office with your professional background, your people, and pictures of your kids and family, like, wow, that's a guy I want to work with. Use that tool. If you learn how to use it, it's going to help you crush your business. Uh, what is the number one tactic you were asking on the front lines LPs to do, specifically now and in the current situation? Okay, so client calls. Hey, what's your interest rate? Um, what's your fees? What's your this? Great. You got to ask several questions. Teach up my team all the time. Hey, cool. Ashley, let's do a little back and forth, Ashley. This is the number one tactic I speak with my LPs when I'm not catching the call and they're catching the call. Okay, Ashley, be tough. Be tough on me. Okay, you ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. Hello, KP team. This is Kevin. How can I help you? This is Ashley. I'm just calling um, to not get some tough. information. Not being tough oh. <laughs> um, hey, KP, I am just calling to get that information you promised me. Oh, no, this is a different call. This is you just calling in out of the blue. I don't know who you are on the phone rings. Calling. This is Kevin. Hey, Kevin, my name's Ashley, and I'm thinking about getting a loan, but I'm not quite sure yet, so I just figured I'd um, call and introduce myself and see what you could do for me. Well, Ashley, you need some time to talk to some tough hours because you are way too nice. Oh, Ashley's going to call and say that. Hey, yeah, hey, I need to know what your interest rate is and um, and what your fees are well, with that. Hey, cool. Um, Ashley, we're, we're, thanks for the call. Where, where did you get her name from? I got, it from a friend. Where, I got it from a friend. Cool. cool. Uh, who, who, who's the friend? Is it a past client? Is it someone you work with? Who is it? Um, it's just a coworker. Okay. Where do you work at, Ashley? I work at the core. The core, awesome. That's right there in Charlotte, right? It is. How long? How long have you been at the core? been here about a year. Awesome. And so you're calling about a mortgage. Are you looking at buying a new home or are you looking at refinancing? I'm looking at buying. Cool. So that's the biggest thing I teach with my LP. It's said it three times during this call. Time equals relationship. That includes when a client calls in. If he doesn't want to talk to me, I'm going to ask some questions. I ask three, four, five questions in just that little short period of time. That's the biggest tactic I teach with my LPs. Time equals relationship. Another piece is do not send that third email back. If you send them an email and they send you back a shitty email, you need to pick up the phone and call and talk to them. Too many of our people are too quick to send another email and you back and forth and tit for tat. It's amazing when you pick the phone up. People are nice at the end of the day. That's another big tactic. So current situation, we're being positive. We're being positive with our realtor partners. I want my LPs to have empathy. Empathy for their business partners, our real estate agents. Today, we went through my entire realtor list and my LPs had to pick out five people and let them know who they're gonna call from my core group of real estate agents. Hey, it's Heidi, hey, it's Anna. Just call them to check in, how are you doing? You hanging in there? Anything I can do for you today? All right, hey, we're just, we're really thinking about you and this too's gonna pass, but if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. So I wanna get that voice, I wanna be positive, that's another tactic that I can do with those people. Um, what are the questions we got here? Guys, we got any other questions you want to throw in? We got about left in the call. Feel free to throw anything else in. 
So tactics of efficiency that, that uh, Sean asked, what tactics are people using that might add some efficiencies? Notice that things might take longer, whatever clients needed, um, emails, whatever. Seems harder to delegate simple tasks. The trap, um, the trap is almost faster to do it yourself. So for me, the piece of doing it myself, and I know that that gets, hey, I'm just going to handle it myself. Get me to the point of sale. Get KP to the point of sale. Collect information. Hey, Kevin would love to meet you. Kevin this, Kevin that, the Wizard of Oz, blah, blah, blah. Kevin's going to call you. Get me to the point of sale. Collect the information. Get it ready. I'm finding myself doing the same thing where I get the lead or I get a text to my cell phone. I'm going to click on it and jump on it myself. I need to stop doing that. When I do grab that myself, when I start the app myself, I'm bringing in an LP1 right away in that first phone call. Hey, just had one today. Hey, Jake, thanks a lot for the call. I've got Heidi on the call with me. We're going to walk through this cash equals worksheet. We want to talk about what this looks like. When I get done, hey, Heidi, any of the questions do you have? Heidi asked a couple of really good questions. Said, cool, guys, I'm going to turn this over, and Heidi's going to send you e-signature, e-package. And when you talk, you get that back to me right away, right? Can I have that back today? Can I get a commitment? I'm going to get that back to me today. I want to get buy-in. I want to bring my team in. Get into the trap of doing it yourself, and it seems really good, but that's going to limit the amount of business that you're able to do. And to be honest with you, your employees are not as busy as you. You need to put more work on them. You need to make sure they have a backlog of work. You need to make sure, hey, make sure you ask them at the team meeting tomorrow. Hey, this is, this is the deal for Jake. Bring it to the meeting tomorrow. Talk about what I did well on that call and how we closed that. Or I got the Smith file here. I need you to work it up and get back. Bring me to the team meeting tomorrow. Make sure you bring this up at the team meeting tomorrow. Those are a couple little tactics that, that, that we're running through there. Um, is this call being recorded? I believe the call is being recorded. Thank you. Um, anyone's got any other questions, feel free to throw it up there. How, how is your team processing and keeping up with the volume um, with current pipelines? So under promise and over deliver. Um, is, is the one piece. Um, setting expectations on the client, I need you to get me all this stuff. Like that simple little tactic. We all know that I can lock, we all know that any of us can lock alone with a little bit of information you locked alone. But you set a course and you're going 30 to 45 days in this lock and the client hasn't done anything to get the stuff back to you. You're running a fool's errand right now. So you locked alone. You potentially hurt your company because they had to hedge that lock. They're pricing that out, and this person hasn't even filled the paperwork out. i got to tell you, refinance transactions are really tough. Hey, I need you to do this. I put in two hours to prep this, and I'm willing to do that, but I need you to get the e-signature package back to me. I need you to sign the full app. If you don't, I can't lock your loan until I get it back. Simple tactic. I've now gotten, if I have an appraisal waiver, and I order the title, and they sign docs, and they're on the work number, holy smokes, what more do I really have to get? So I think that setting things up in these refinance transactions that we get as much from the client up front is really big. Getting buy-in from the client, what our expectations are, are really big as well. That's a really good question, Kathy. A um, couple fresh ones came in here. Finish up a couple. Um, so how do you manage, um, how should people manage the pipeline if they don't have any support? 
uh, no LP or anyone else to help out. I heard Todd Screamer say this to me really early on in the core. I've been coaching with the core for probably four years, and, and I got in, uh, so it's coming on six years I've been in the core, and I heard Todd Screamer say this, and I thought it was just really on point. We at the core don't necessarily teach people how to become better salespeople. We teach them how to leverage themselves. So I think the piece is that for you to do an exercise, if you don't have an LP1, you don't have some support, you need to look at what's it going to cost me to get someone on board. If you take your income, you divide it by 52 weeks, divide it by 40, 50 hours, you're going to get to your hourly rate. I have 10 people. Guys, got a big team. I've got 10 people that come and work for me every single day. I have never hired a person that I didn't get a return on my investment that covered their cost. Never. People will come in, and they won't be terribly busy when they start, but they're absolutely swamped over a period of time. So I think a big thing is growing your team and learning to grow a team. That's really big. It's tough to train right now. If you're sheltering in place or you're working from home and you're not at the office, it's really tough to train right now. But as we come out of this, I think a big piece is adding a team and adding team. Um, LP, someone else asked about job functions, LP1 and LP2. Checklist, the core has that um, for job descriptions, specific job instructions. Um, okay. So good. If you got any questions, go ahead and fire out. Otherwise, we're going to wrap up a call. I feel like I'm chatting for an hour. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this. Uh, here's the big thing. The summit is coming up. I want to be really clear. Guys, the only thing that's changing about the summit is kind of like when you go to work and you say you got to have a clear spot to go to work, you open the door, you walk out and go to work. I want you to have that same presence when you go to the summit, you do this virtual summit, because you need to be super focused. That time is already blocked off in your calendar. Do not let something else of that. One loan, one deal, one HR issue, one something else is nothing compared to what you need for three days or two and a half days of energizing you, energizing your business, seeing what top professionals are doing, not to only survive, but thrive. So make sure you're there, you're present, you're ready to go. So I think that's really big, guys. That time's blocked off. It's going to be live. It's going to be virtual. Um, I'm super excited about it. So make sure you got that dialed in. And then after that, the next live one's going to be the Mega. So those of you guys that aren't in Level 3 Coaching, the Mega's coming up, and that's going to be a fantastic event this year. So thanks for listening to me. Again, Kevin Polakovich, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Appreciate it. The core. Keep rocking, guys. Talk soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. That was amazing. So many good tactics to use. For Thank you, everyone, also for being here today. If you need any of the re, um, if you need this recording or any of the documents that were mentioned, just please reach out to your concierge. All right. Have a great day.